And when I arrived at that, she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. She said, I thought I dealt with all of that. And I said, well, what in the world happened? And she said that three years before she found out that her husband had been having an and she confronted him with the evidence and their marriage blew up and she ended up getting a divorce and spending a year in therapy and trying to put her life back together. And it even recently gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned, that ex was the guy that betrayed her and it was ancient history. But as far as her body was concerned, it was like it had just happened and that energy was still there. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Dr. Bradley Nelson. He's the author of The Body Code, Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself. So we're going to talk about his book and his work. Brad, thanks so much for coming. Well, thanks, Rich. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on and uh, talk to your audience. Thanks. Yeah, I guess to put letters to your name, what is your degree? And then, you know, let's talk a little bit about your history and how you got to work on this type of material. Sure. Well, my training was as a chiropractor and I went into practice, private practice in uh, 1988. And I was kind of obsessed really with figuring out what was really wrong with my patients. And that obsession led me to, to study ancient methods of healing and all kinds of modern methods and things that had been thought about and discarded. And, and I was able to, to understand as, as time went on, I gained understanding about what's really going on with the body and, and why people get sick. And for example, one of the things that I found was that uh, all of my patients, no matter how young or old they were, no matter what they'd been diagnosed with, they were all suffering from something that they had in common and that was a part of their symptom picture in pretty much every case. And that was something that I came to call their emotional baggage. And, you know, we often use that phrase, typically when we're referring to somebody else, she's got a lot of emotional baggage, but the reality of it is we all have emotional baggage, but I was able to figure out what our emotional baggage actually is and, and how it's affecting us. It's really quite incredible. What happens to us is as we live through our lives, we experience intense emotions from time to time. We go through things that we would rather not go through sometimes. And the emotional energy from those events can remain with us after the event is over. So in other words, after the bully moves away or the divorce is finalized or you quit that bad job and you get a better one, you may still be carrying energy, emotional energy from that experience. One of the great examples of this that I remember from when I was in practice, a couple that I'll share with you. There was a woman that came in to see me one day, many years ago. She thought she was having a heart attack. The left, her left arm was completely numb. The left side of her face was totally numb. And she had crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. So obviously looks like a heart attack. I told my staff, just hold on. We might need an ambulance, but we were, we were right next to a medical center. 
So I brought her into her room and I did some testing on her really quickly and found that she had some emotional baggage that was part of this picture. And so using what we now call the emotion code, I was able to very quickly, within about uh, 60 seconds, I was able to figure out that there was an emotion of grief that had become trapped in her body three years before. And when I arrived at that, she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. She said, I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, well, what in the world happened? And she said that three years before she found out that her husband had been having an affair and she confronted him with the evidence and their marriage blew up and she ended up getting a divorce and spending a year in therapy and trying to put her life back together. And had even recently gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned, that ex was the guy that betrayed her and it was, uh, uh, it was ancient history. But as far as her body was concerned, it was like it had just happened and that energy was still there. And when I released that emotional baggage from her, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face within three seconds. The chest pain oh, wow. was gone. The difficulty breathing was gone and just immediately. And she left the office about 10 minutes later after joking with me and my staff and feeling totally fine, you know. And, and I remember after she left, sitting at my desk, and just, I felt, felt like my head was spinning. I thought, how in the world, what did I just witness? What, what was that? How can an emotional energy create symptoms like that? So there's one story. Here's another one. Did you, did you know how to release it, by the way? Or you just did your typical chiropractic adjustments and all of a sudden she had a release? No, the way that we release trapped emotions is it's not through a chiropractic adjustment. It's just through using a magnet or your hand on the meridians of the body. And so back at that time, I was probably using some kind of a magnet. So and what we do is we take the magnet, we just pass it down the governing meridian, which runs right down the middle of the back. And it just takes a few swipes and it just erases the energy. Kind of like if you take a credit card out of your wallet and it's got that magnetic strip on it. And if you were to run a magnet over that a few times, you know, you got to get a new credit card because that data that was encoded there, it's not there anymore, right? It's kind of how this works. Well, a few years later, a guy came into me with really severe low back pain. On a zero to 10 scale, he's a nine. And so his next stop is he's going to emergency. So I tested him. And, and how we do this testing is we ask questions and we get answers, not from the conscious mind, but from the subconscious mind, which is really the smart part of all of us. It's the computer within us that has all these answers, right? And so when you're asking a question of the subconscious mind, it will answer in the affirmative with a, a strong muscle and it will answer in the negative with a weak muscle. Okay, so it's muscle testing. And yes, for strong for yes and weak for no. So anyway, this guy comes in and I'm testing him. He's really in pain. First thing that I find is that he has a trapped emotion. And Testing further, I find that the trapped emotion is anger. Testing further, I find out that this is this occurred about 20 years before. He immediately piped up and said, oh yeah, he said, I know what that's about. It was a work situation where he'd been falsely accused of a kind of embezzling from the company. And, and he was innocent and he was just furious about it. And that anger energy was so powerful that it became trapped in his body. Now, a trapped emotion is... We believe it's a little ball of energy. And of course, it took me a long time to figure this out because you can't see these. They're invisible. But anyway, they can lodge anywhere in the body. This one had apparently lodged in his low back because when I released that trapped emotion, now think about this. This guy is at a nine on a zero to 10 scale of pain. I swipe a few times down his back 
with a magnet to release this trapped emotional energy of anger. And the pain goes from a nine to a zero instantly, right? Now, and I've seen this kind of thing many, many times, but this was the first time that I'd seen such a dramatic result. And he can't believe it. It's like a miracle. He's bending over and he's twisting this way and that way and walking around and he's just dazzled. And I'm grateful that it it worked, but I'm also kind of dazzled. And it was amazing. He came back a couple of days later though. And here's what he said. My back pain still is gone. He said, I still can't believe it. But he said, when I came in here, I had another problem I didn't tell you about. As long as I can remember, I've basically been what you'd call a rageaholic. He said, I've I'm always, I'm just wound really tight. He said, I've got to watch the, you know, the road rage and I've been to anger management before and it hasn't really helped me. And he said, but since you released that trapped emotion, that energy of anger from what happened all those years ago, he said, I feel really different. He said, things that would set me off don't set me off anymore. I just feel kind of peaceful and kind of relaxed. He said, well, how did you do that? And at the time, I really didn't know. And I told him, I said, well, I, I'm not really sure why you feel better, but hopefully I'll figure it out one of these days. But what we believe, you see, is that, I mean, if you think about the body itself, what is the body? If you look at, if you take a big magnifying glass and you, uh, or a, let's say a microscope and you start zooming in on your skin, you know, you, you zoom in enough and you're looking at cells and you keep zooming in and you're looking at mitochondria and the organelles and you zoom past that and you're maybe eventually looking at a, a molecule, maybe a strand of DNA and you keep zooming in and eventually uh, you're looking at a single individual atom and that's what we're made out of, right? But if you look inside the atom, you see there's really nothing in there. There's, it's just energy. It's just empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around and vibrating and and that's what we are. And you see the next atoms a long distance away. And, you know, Albert Einstein said there really is no matter as such. We tend to think of matter and energy as being really different. But um, starting with Einstein, these great physicists have told us that there really is no matter. Matter is just energy that's been slowed down in its vibration enough to where we can touch it and feel it and see it with, uh, with these physical bodies that we have. Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Quick mm-hmm. question here. Does the person have to tell you what happened in order for you to help them or are you able no. to just help them based on the pain spot regardless? Yeah, not at all. No, they don't have to say anything because the subconscious mind knows everything. It, here's a great example. I was at an event once uh, that I was doing. It was kind of a workshop. And I, as people were coming into this workshop, I was meeting them. And I happened to meet this young woman who showed up with her mother. Well, later in the middle of this presentation that I was doing, I asked for a volunteer. And so this young woman comes up out of the audience and I asked her if she had any kind of problems. And she said, no. And so I said, okay, we'll hold out your arm. So she holds her arm out parallel to the floor. And I start asking questions. And uh, after I ask a question, after each question, I 
press down a little bit on her outstretched arm to see if her arm is strong for yes or weak for no. Answers that are coming out of the subconscious mind. And I asked if she had a trapped emotion. I got a yes. And we use a chart in the emotion code that consists of 60 emotions divided up into two columns and six rows. And so what I found pretty quickly was that uh, this trapped emotion that she had was called forlorn. And forlorn is kind of feeling all alone and hopeless and desolate, you know, kind of all rolled into one. And I needed to know more about it according to her subconscious mind. And so I asked when this had occurred and she was, I think, 21. And so um, I went back further and further and finally figured out this had happened before age five. And actually her subconscious mind said that it had happened in the first, in the first uh, couple of years of her life. And, huh, that's interesting. I asked her if she had any idea what it might be about. And, and of course, as you might expect, she had no idea whatsoever. But I remembered then that she had shown up with her mother. And I thought, well, maybe her mother might know. And I looked out at the audience and here's this woman, her mother, and she's sitting there. She's on the front row and she looks pale and she's got her hands up, kind of covering her mouth and nose. And uh, like she's seen a ghost kind of. And I said, hey, do you have any idea what this might be about? And she was really embarrassed, but she said she thought maybe she did. She said that back in those years when she was raising her daughter, she used to use cloth diapers. And one day she accidentally pinned her daughter to her diaper with a safety pin. Yeah. And uh, she had never told her daughter this, right? She was too embarrassed, but uh, all of a sudden here it's coming out in this meeting with all these people. And um, so I tested the daughter and asked her subconscious mind, is that what this is what created this? And the answer was yes. And so I went ahead and released this trapped emotion by just swiping with the magnet a few times down the middle of her back, uh, down the governing meridian. And and that was it. And she went back and sat down. Well, I kind of forgot about this, but about 10 days later, I get an email and it's from this young girl's mother. And here's what she said. Essentially, she said, she said, my daughter has had this problem with her hip and her knee, and it's been going on for about eight years And it's been gradually affecting the way that she walks. And she said, we've tried different things and taken her, I've taken her to different people and nobody's been able to figure this out. But she said, the moment that you released that trapped emotion of forlorn from being pinned to her diaper, that pain in her hip and in her knee has been completely gone. And she said, not only that, she said, my daughter is feeling this new sense of lightness of being that she's never felt before. And she's telling everybody about this. And she said, I waited 10 days because I wanted to see if this was real or if this was a fluke, but she said, it has not come back. And so I wanted to let you know the aftermath of what you did. Now, if you think about this, this points out some really interesting aspects of this work. First of all, that young girl, she didn't tell me anything about her pain And she had no memory, no conscious memory at all of being pinned to her diaper. Yet her subconscious mind remembered that very, very well. And the emotional energy, that feeling of hopelessness and desolation, and she's feeling all this physical pain, that emotional energy became trapped in her body and then was manifesting, essentially creating a physical symptom in her hip and in her knee And I believe that physical symptoms and mental and emotional symptoms are really all indicators. They're all ways that the subconscious mind tries to get our attention. And that's what was going on. um, Yeah, what comes to mind is I wonder if people have cancer that have cancer in a particular organ or spot, 
if there was a trauma that set the stage for that, you know, years or decades earlier? Well, you know, let me tell you another story. There was a woman that came in to see me one day when I was in practice. She was about 72 years old and started testing her. And the very first thing that showed up, this was her very first visit. The very first thing that showed up was that she had a trapped emotion of sadness. And as I tried to figure out when this had happened, when this energy had become trapped in her body, it went back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It went back to 1963. And in fact, I traced it even further and it went back to November, 1963. And of course, it was about the assassination of JFK. And, and so I verbalized that. I, I asked, okay, was this about the JFK assassination? And as I'm getting a strong muscle test from her, her subconscious mind saying, yes, that's exactly what this is. At that same time, consciously, she's breaking down weeping. And she tells me, through her tears that uh, that affected her so much. And then when JFK Jr. died in the plane crash years ago, she said she couldn't do anything. For days, all she could do was cry and grieve. And I thought, well, that's interesting. The first JFK created this trapped emotional energy, and then another JFK died, and it kind of just enhanced it, and it got bigger and more powerful. So I, I thought, well, okay, where where has this energy, this ball of energy. Where has this been uh, all of her life since then? Where has it been? And what has it been doing to her? Because these trapped emotions, we call them, will lodge somewhere in the body. They can lodge anywhere in the body, but wherever they lodge, they tend to, a lot of the time, they'll end up causing some kind of physical pain. There's always emotional things that they create and mental issues and so on in many, many cases. So I asked her subconscious mind, where has this been all your life? Has it been on the right side of your body? I got a no answer. On the left side of her body. Okay. Well, was it in your left leg? No. Left abdomen? No. Left thoracic area, chest area? Yes. Turned out that that trapped emotion had lodged in the area of her left breast. And when I arrived at that, she and I all of a sudden were staring at each other like a couple of owls with big eyes because four years before she had had that breast removed. See? And was that the reason why? Well, I'll tell you something. Um, you know, the emotion code and the work that we do, uh, the work that I brought into the world, it's not a cure for anything. But instead, what it is, is it's a way to find the underlying blocks, the underlying reasons why your body's having a hard time healing itself. But in this particular case, I really do think that that was a big underlying cause, maybe the only underlying cause when that, what ended up happening to her, you know, with that that particular problem. So it's a fascinating thing. And I left practice in 2004 to write this book, The Emotion Code, because the world needed to know about this phenomenon. I couldn't keep it to myself anymore. I mean, I was having great results in my own practice and getting people well from all kinds of crazy things, things that were in many cases were considered incurable, but, but it really needed to go out to the world because we all have this innate ability, I think, to to heal and to help each other and help ourselves. And so that's what this is really about. I don't know. Have you ever heard of, uh, I had heard this on a podcast recently, uh, moral injury. So if someone is, uh, let's say, a prostitute for many years, you know, it ruins their ability to have normal relations with people. Or if someone's a traffic court judge or, you know, I don't know, if someone was a torturer or whatever it is, you know, it's when you have to go against your morals and it, um, it upsets you to the point that it, it kind of 
ruins part of you as a person because the job that you've been engaged in or what you were forced to do. Have you run into this phenomena? And does this, uh, yes, does your system help with these kinds of things? Yes. And every experience that, I, that I've had and that our practitioners have had all over the world, we've certified over 10,000 people now around the world uh, in the emotion code in over 80 countries. And they, uh, they've had many experiences. I've had many experiences myself where people are often hopeless because of what they've been through, the abuse they've been through, the, the traumas that they've experienced. And yet when when they start to have that emotional baggage removed, either by just doing the emotion code on themselves or by having someone else help them, a practitioner, their wife, their husband, whoever, what they find is that things change and things can change in really dramatic ways. I mean, we've seen people, for example, who coming back from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan who were really non-functional because of the trauma, the combat, the the killing that they had done and seeing their friends killed and so on. People who were really not the same at all from when they left and who were non-functional. We've seen those people uh, through the efforts of uh, their own family members, usually a spouse working with them using the emotion code, releasing that emotional baggage. We've seen those people completely come back to normal. And, you know, it's not only that, I mean, it's not only PTSD, but we see that the emotion code is a great help for people who are dealing with things like depression and anxiety and uh, phobias and panic attacks and eating disorders and self-sabotage of all kinds. It's, it's the elephant in the living room, really, in Western medicine. It's, it's the fact is that our emotional experiences stay with us in many cases, and then they disrupt our lives and they deflect us from the paths that we would otherwise take. They interfere with our ability to really manifest into the world the person that we're really truly capable of being. And so you can think of everybody that you know as dragging around all of this emotional baggage. And most of that baggage is from the things that they've been through. But sometimes that emotional baggage has resulted from experiences that they went through when they were babies, like the girl that had been pinned to her diaper. Sometimes people will develop trapped emotions during the time they're in the womb. Sometimes at conception, emotional energies are passed to us from mom or dad that they might've gotten at conception from their mom or dad. And these can go back for generations. And so it's a fascinating thing, but what we're now understanding is that, you know, if you're having trouble, for example, finding love in your life, well, it may be because of something that happened before you were even conceived. It might be that maybe your eighth great grandmother was jilted at the altar and that energy now has been passed down to you and you're carrying that energy. If you're having trouble with money, well, uh, maybe some ancestor of yours were, was thrown into the poorhouse. And so you're carrying that energy. It's an amazing thing. But the beauty of it is the subconscious mind within each one of us is this incredibly powerful, vastly powerful computer that understands and remembers and knows everything about us and knows about all the emotional baggage that we have, how to get rid of it and what it's causing and where it came from and so on. So, and it's actually really easy to do. It's simple enough that we have kids doing it actually. 
What, what does the protocol look like today? You said when it first happened, you'd use a magnet, you know, muscle testing. So what does it look like today? If I came in to see you and, you know, I don't know, my, the back of my head's hurting and I don't know, we uncovered something again, what would it look like my visit? Sure. Well, more than likely, you'd be doing this to yourself. I had to leave practice in 2004. And then I practiced actually for a couple of years with a remote practice, because I found that this could work at any distance. And so you wouldn't be seeing me. But if you worked with someone, you might go to someone live and in person, and they might have you hold your arm out parallel to the floor, and they might ask questions and, and no answers, you'd find that your arm would weaken yes answers, um, your arm would be strong. And so it's a matter of talking to the subconscious mind. If you're working with someone at a distance, it would be the same process, but they would be testing themselves and getting strong or weak answers on themselves. And a lot of this really is the practical application of quantum physics and these ideas that, that have come about from the study of quantum mechanics, really, for the last hundred years or more. And so, for example, one of the things that we know now how to practically do is how to connect with another person at a distance, at any distance. In quantum physics, it's referred to as entanglement. So one person's energy can become entangled with another person. And we know that this works distances at least as great as the diameter of the Earth. And quantum physicists understand this, and it makes perfect sense to them. For the rest of us who are very conditioned and used to thinking of things in terms of Newtonian physics, then it doesn't make sense at all. But under the lens of quantum physics, it all makes perfect sense. And so, like I said, we've certified over 10,000 people in 80 countries, and most of them work with other people in other countries, as well as their own country, and are getting great results with people uh, all over the world. So does the book teach someone how to do this for themselves or what are some yeah. of the main ideas in the book? Yeah, it actually does. You can learn the whole process from the Emotion Code book. And the idea there is that I wanted everybody to have this gift to be able to use this method to help themselves, to help their loved ones, their family members. People are finding out this actually is simple. It actually does work. Grandpa's back pain is gone or gee, mom's not depressed anymore. Or guess what? You know, your sister now is finally able to conceive a child because there was emotional baggage blocking that. And so, so absolutely, it's something that you can learn completely from the book itself, The Emotion Code. And the reason for that is, uh, yeah, I wanted everybody to be able to do it. I mean, this, this work needed to go to the whole world. And I really believe that, that I was inspired in this process. It has nothing to do with me except that I was asking for help consistently from up above. And, and so these things came together. And I think it's really from the higher power that it's coming into the world at a time, I think, when we really need it. We need to learn how our bodies really work. And we need to learn how to take care of ourselves and how, how to fix all of these common complaints that we have. And that's not to say that there won't always... Yeah? Because everyone's so relaxed after you know COVID and all the other stuff going on. I would think that, that nobody... I'm just right. kidding. Anxiety is <laughs> rampant. Problems oh, yeah. are rampant. Everything feels incredibly uncertain. So I'm sure this is yeah. desperately needed by people. It really, really is. I just published another book called The Body Code. The Body Code includes the emotion code. When I was in practice, uh, once I figured out how to communicate really with the subconscious minds of my patients, and I was driven to understand that because I used to be a computer programmer going back to the early 1980s. And what I found was that uh, there were really six different 
categories of imbalances that cause all of our mental and physical and emotional symptoms. And those are things like pathogens. You get a pathogen living in your body, like some kind of a parasite or mold or fungus or something, you're not going to be healthy. There are things like misalignments. You can have any kind of tissue that can be misaligned. You've got to correct that to be healthy. They can be things like energies, like physical trauma energies, emotional trauma, trapped emotions. Another category is toxins. If you're toxic, you're not going to be as healthy as you could be. You got to get rid of those. You might have a deficiency of something. Maybe you need a certain vitamin or mineral and going to be as healthy as you could be unless you address that. There are circuits and systems in the body, the organs, the glands, connections between the physical body and the spirit body. Those have to be corrected as well. And so with the body code, and that's the new book, the purpose of that book, again, like the emotion code, is to teach people about their bodies and how their bodies really work and how there is this unbelievably powerful, incomprehensibly powerful computer within each one of us that knows with a perfect understanding why we're having mental or physical or emotional symptoms. And it knows exactly what needs to be done to correct those, those imbalances. And that's really, I believe, and in my experience and in the, the experience of all these other people that are doing this, thousands and thousands of people all over the world, that's what we're all finding is that this is really the ultimate method of preventive medicine. It's also the ultimate way that we can take care of our own bodies. Now, that doesn't mean that this obviates the need for Western medicine in any way, because we're always going to need Western medicine. People are always going to need medications. They're always going to break legs and have traumatic things happen. And that's where Western medicine really excels. But if you think about it, most of the time, most people don't really need surgery. They don't really need to have some organ removed. Most of the time, most people don't need to be taking some kind of a petrochemical pharmaceutical drug. Those are all toxic, by the way, but sometimes they are needed and sometimes surgery is needed. So there's always going to be that need for Western medicine. And my view and my hope and my prayer is that eventually we get to a point where all patients can have the best care possible by tapping into the subconscious mind. Really, Rich, this is the future. The future is to tap into the internal computer that we've all been walking around with all of our lives that has been available really to all of us forever since the beginning. The answers have all, all been within each one of us, you see. And so now we finally have a roadmap, a way to tap into that. And that's what this work is. You mentioned some people's energies or issues are entwined with other people. What's the dynamic of that? Does that mean that you have to heal both people that are, have come together on this certain emotion or experience? Or can you heal one? And if you do that, what happens to the other? Maybe yeah. you can talk about that a bit more. Well, you know, for example, if we talk about inherited trapped emotions, let's say that you at conception inherit a trapped emotion of resentment. Maybe it's from your mother and maybe she got it from her mother and maybe she got it from her mother and maybe it goes back uh, 10 generations or something. Well, and here's a whole other interesting side of this. What we find is that when we release a trapped emotion like that, we only need to release it from one person and it seems to release from everyone in that line. So for example, we've done, we've done experiments where we'll have a grandchild who inherited a trapped emotion, maybe from its mother, who got it from its father. And we can test each one of those people to verify that that emotional energy is there. And then we, when we release that energy from the youngest person in that line, it releases instantly from everyone else. Because 
And in quantum physics, this makes sense because one energy can exist in an infinite number of places really at one time, which in our world of Newtonian physics makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But this is quantum physics. And the great quantum physicist, uh, Richard Feynman, once said, if you don't think quantum physics is weird, you don't understand quantum physics because it's very weird. But that's how this works. And so what we've also found from testing, and we believe the subconscious mind of each person really understands these things on a level that we don't understand. But what we find is that when we release a trapped emotion that goes back for maybe 10 or maybe 20 generations or more, it seems to release from all of those ancestors, even though they're long dead. So that's an interesting thing. And it's, it's really kind of a whole other topic. But, but anyway, yeah, we all are the product, you see, of our own emotional experiences and the baggage that we've picked up from the things that we remember. We also are the product of emotional energies that we don't have any knowledge of. Things that happened when we were in the womb or as a child, or maybe before conception or wherever we were, or things that we've inherited. But the beautiful thing is the subconscious mind within each one of us knows all of that, has access to all of that. And it becomes easy to find all of that baggage and release it. So let's say you have two people that, again, they had this shared experience somehow, abuser, person abused, or just family member. Like you said, releasing one of them will release, release the other. You know, what if one of them says, I'm not doing that crap. It's, you know, it's BS. But the other one is willing. And again, they, they experience the release. Can they experience a release if there's no cooperation from yeah. you know, other people that were involved in the incident? Yeah, they absolutely can. There is something uh, in the body code that we refer to as shared trapped emotions. And so if two people experience the same emotion at the same time, basically it happens if two people are witnessing the same thing or they're going through the same experience, a trapped emotion can be developed that will be shared between them. And what we find is that if you release that trapped emotion from one of them, it releases from the other one as well, because it's really only one energy. And that's how inherited trapped emotions are as well. Now, theoretically, in the moment before that emotional energy is released, I believe it's possible if the subconscious mind of that person really does not want to let go of that, I believe it's theoretically possible that they could hold on to that energy in that moment. I have not actually seen that happen in all the years that I've been doing this, but I do think it is possible to answer your question. But but uh, but usually, yeah, it's uh, it's something to where if you release it from one person, it clears from everybody. I mean, if you have a whole family or even like a whole village that's been through the same event and they're sharing an emotional energy, if you clear it from one person, it takes it out of everybody. So that's kind of a nice thing, you know, speeds it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you can restate the name of the book and is it on Amazon everywhere people can find it? Like how can people take the yeah. next action step and help themselves? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, Emotion Code, the full name of the book is The Emotion Code, How to Release Your Trapped Emotions for Abundant Health, Love, and Happiness. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. And then the new book that just came out 21st of February this year is The Body Code, Unlocking Your Body's Ability to Heal Itself. And both of these books have, uh, uh, have a 4.6 rating as of today. The Body Code went into the top 100 books on Amazon. It was number 81. It was, uh, it was number one for the week in energy healing and a couple of other categories too. Excellent. Well, Brad, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, but again, thank you for coming. 
Well, thank you, Rich. Yeah, I would just I would just say to your listeners, we're stepping into a new world here, really. It's time for us to wake up and understand that our bodies are so capable and that uh, we're intelligent beings, that life is divine, it has purpose, and there's uh, there are very special reasons for us to be here. And now we've got some really fun gifts that we can use to help take care of ourselves. And if you really like this work, of course, there's a pathway for certification. Our main website is at discoverhealing.com. That's a great place to go to get more info. Excellent. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.